Welcome to another episode of the Truly Other podcast. If you're new here, hi, hello, I'm so glad to have you. I am your host, Victoria, and today we have a really special show for you. I am here with Nurul Fatima, who had recently so courageously spoken out about her experience with Islamophobia from a teacher in the classroom, and we're going to dive right into that. But before we begin, a few trigger warnings for the content that follow are racism, Islamophobia, hate, and harassment. Listener discretion is advised. Hi, Nurul. Hi. <laughs> it's so great to finally speak to you. I feel like you probably have spoken about this to a few people over the past few days already. Mm-hmm. Yes, correct. Yeah. <laughs> It's a lot. I've been repeating the same story over and over and like it's like relieving oh the God. thing nonstop. Oh my God. It's been intense the past two days. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm I'm really sorry to hear that and, and also just really grateful that you are um willing to to speak about this again with me here today. Um I mean, just for our listeners, you know, tell us about yourself and what what school you go to when this incident happened, you know? Okay, so currently I'm in my final year in National University of Singapore. So right now I'm taking electrical engineering. In Polytechnic, I was taking electronic engineering. So there's still an engineering, but I switched over. And back then when it happened, I was in year two, uh, SEM two. And then it happened like very close to examinations. Like um, poly semester starts in April. That thing happened in July. So, like, the teaching weeks was coming to an end and exam was starting. So, yeah. So, that's, like, the background information for the day it happened. Oh, my God. Okay, wait. So, this class, what was the class supposed to be about? Because, like, I'm kind of curious how the topic, like, pivoted in. Oh, okay. (laughs) So, he was actually teaching uh, object-oriented programming. So, it was a programming engineering class. It had nothing to do with, like, Uh social studies or, like, whatever he was talking about. But I've had accounts from other students who say that he has a habit of doing that, of, like, trying digressing in the middle of lessons and, like, go off his knowledge on, like, other things. Like, things that has nothing to do with engineering. Like, some of my friends said he used to talk geography in the middle of an engineering class. Like, he bring up philosophy. Like, it's just him. Like, that's his habit of doing so, yeah. I mean, that sounds unprofessional. Yes, definitely. <laughs> yeah, it does, right? But we have to let it go because, like, it's your teacher, right? And sometimes teachers digress a bit. They share about their life stories and stuff. But this one went too far. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I'm I'm really sorry to ask you this again, but what happened? I mean, oh. just so, you know, there's context. Yeah. Okay, so, yeah, usually when people ask me this question, I'll just say exactly what happened in my post because, like, not to digress from, like, what I can or can't see. So, basically, uh, that day, for a start, he did start with the lesson. Definitely, he started with the lesson. He didn't walk into class and, like, Islamophobia today. No, he had a lesson, <laughs> a proper one. <laughs> It was halfway. Yeah, maybe like maybe halfway through the lesson. He started like the projector was on. Then he switched over to like a web browser with like our Wikipedia pages and websites. And these websites contained like Quranic verses and their translations. So for any any religious text, if you take the shallow English translation without context, it will all sound very weird because it's written in Old Arabic, the Quran, and then like it's written like in a very poetic form. So if you take like face value English translation, it will sound weird, right? And yeah. he took those face value English translations and he started like throwing like 
you know, hate on it. Like, how can you follow this religion if the scripture doesn't make sense like this? And like, so when he called me out, he was like trying to validate. He's like, I neural, this is your religion, right? Whatever's on the on the screen's correct, right? Right? And of course I had to say yes, because the website wasn't wrong to like translate it like that. What was wrong was that he didn't ask me to validate what he um, you know, described was wrong. Like he took things out of context and then he threw hate on it. And then of course there was like the three quotes that I mentioned in like my Insta story about he thinks that Allah is our father, which is like a Christianity concept, not an Islam concept. And then, like, yeah. he was making fun of, not making fun, like, he was, like, um, he couldn't brain, like, why would Muslims pray five times a day? And then, because, like, these kind of things, like, people spend their entire lifetime, people spend years just to even have the right to explain this kind of, like, Quranic verses and Islamic rulings, right? And yeah. he did that on the spot, just like that. Yeah, and the reason people took years to learn it is because it's so important, it's so sensitive to the religion, the foundation of the religion, and without proper understanding, like, this happens. And he said that to a class of non-Muslims. So imagine the misunderstanding and, like, how people would probably think, like, oh my god, Islam is like that? Yeah. But I can say that when he brought up the issues, right, I can say he was well-read. Like, he knew things about Islam that I know, like, a normal non-Muslim wouldn't go that deep. So, like, he had effort. He put in the time to research. <laughs> like, if I'm going to be Islamophobic, I'm going all in. <laughs> and, <laughs> and he did. He did go all in. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, so, my gosh. Yeah. And then, I, of course, I had to sit still. I was the only Muslim. That's why. And I was a hijabi, so I was visibly a Muslim. Yeah. And the layout of the class was the worst possible case. You had to walk past him and the projector and the whiteboard to get to the door. Like you had to, yes, you imagine how scary it would have been if you just got up and you're like, okay, bye. I am not here for it. So everyone was just sitting down. Like some of my friends, they started putting in their earpiece. They tried to play their phone. They tried to like not pay attention. Because all of us, the class was catered because we were all under competitors for work skills. So mm-hmm. they put us together into like the best class with the best teachers to teach us. So all of us had something to lose. Like you're either a scholarship student or you have a very high GPA to be in there. Yeah. So imagine if you like became rude to a teacher and it's on your track record. Because obviously scholarships look at more than just your grades, right? They look at your track record. They look at your behavior. And like when you're that young, when you're a teenager where school is your entire life, you know, of course you're scared. <laughs> You know, like yeah, you know, yeah. when my post went viral, like people were commenting to me and my friends, like, why didn't you make a report? Like, why don't you go to the police? Like, this is yeah. And I'm like, you tell your sons and daughters that is to go to the police to like, you know, <laughs> to comment on their teacher. Like, they would lose their, they probably would not. They'd probably be so scared. Like, even when like, I had to go to the police, right? I'm, like, what, 20 plus right now? Even I get, like, a little bit nervous. Like, oh, I'm going to the police station, right? What more, like, kids who had everything to lose? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, also, as, like, a minority, like, these things are not a one-time thing. It happens all the time. So, like, we yeah. and we are used to it. We are used to bite, biting down our tongues. Why would I suddenly pick this specific accident to make a deal out of, you know? So yeah, I feel like people didn't understand that enough. Like they always just perceive it's like it's so easy, right? Go complain, go make a deal out of it. Like, oh god. Yeah. We were still kids, please understand. And then in the end, like it digresses from the main. The problem isn't whether like me and my friends reported to the police or not. The main problem was that he was allowed to do that 
and he's a yeah. senior lecturer. He's been there like a thousand years, and not yeah. one colleague, not one student reported him. I don't know. I don't feel so. If you've been there a thousand years, I'm sure someone must have seen his behavior. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. my god. And then when Merrick left, okay, so there was I put a screenshot in my post about how like one of my friends Merrick, so he's Chinese because the entire class was Chinese, and he got up and he left. He had the courage, like I said, he walked past the teacher, he walked past the projector, and he opened the door and he left. What a and, power move! What a power move! <laughs> and the thing is, we were all eyeing. We were like, "Don't make trouble! Like we can We have our exams coming. Like we have our." coming don't do anything weird and then he texted the group he's like if you guys want to you know sit outside with me i am there just get out then i just like held my breath and i left and i sat outside okay yes. and the weird thing is i thought he went downstairs like he went down to the canteen or something when i opened the door he was sitting in front of the door the corridor he was just sitting there because we had that wish that like he would stop soon and continue with the lesson he did not. So he was sitting outside. Oh my god. Yeah, we could still hear everything he said. And then I know like Mary was like trying to talk to me to like get my mind out of it so that we don't hear what he's saying. And like we were just trying to distract ourselves. You know, like people kept telling me like you should have recorded and remember what he said, right? But I'm like, I was trying to not remember what he said, like in that spot. Yeah. You, yeah, you don't want to have all that. Like you don't want to like be corrupted and like yeah. so stressed, right? Oh my god, I'm so happy that you understand me, man. Like, I had to, like... No, I, I totally understand. I mean, I'm seeing so many issues with what he did. Like, first of all, not even just taking the attention away from, like, mm-hmm. like the exams and the competition that was coming. Mm-hmm. Like, then turning it into a space where there was just so much anxiety mm-hmm. and stress and really just riling that up for the entire period. I mean, mm-hmm. that's just... It feels so difficult to, like, cope with that yeah and I really hate like all the victim blaming comments especially where were your friends why didn't they stand up why was Maddie the only one and why didn't you stand up why weren't you blaming like can we go back can we go back like to him you know like why are you victim blaming us and we have to clean up the mess we'll be like okay I didn't stand up because or like he didn't stand up because and then like why spend our energy trying to like explain ourselves when all of this energy should redirect to the system that enabled him to do that for so long for decades a senior lecturer yeah. it's not like he was hired one week ago you know yeah. he had to teach decades of people before he could be a senior lecturer and like and your bigger issue is that that one class he bullied couldn't stand up. Like, come on, guys. like well, let's reframe our questions and our and our focus. Yeah, so that's essentially yeah. what happened. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I mean, you mentioned that he he was well read. That means that he mm. he would have had like years of education or research. I mean, it's not something that you you can do in one sitting. Mm, yeah, it's not like last night he googled and today he hated on it. Like, yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then, yeah. I mean, I feel like then there would have been reports. I also felt that way. Every time I talk to my senior sleeper, like, did no one report him in the decades he was there? Like, not one person in the staff, in the no one? Uh, uh, yeah, but apparently, <laughs> according to the institution, they never got anything about him. So I was like, okay, whatever you say. Oh, God. You know, like the recent articles that ha- that have mentioned um are saying that he he may be that he may be fired, right? Something like that. Mm-hmm, yes, that's true. 
Yeah, I mean, my first question is like, what is there to consider? Like, to be honest. <laughs> what is there? Is it because, like, they need to respect him because he's been there for so long? Like, I don't know what are they trying to protect if they keep him in the school. Like, what do you think is going to happen when semester starts again? Like, his face and name is out there, y'all. Like, it won't turn good if he comes back. Yeah. Also, they won't get people, people won't admit into the school if they don't fire him. Do you think you're going to get enough students in knowing as a teacher like that in SOE? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and come on. <laughs> Have you heard of other accounts of people experiencing like prejudice and discrimination or this sort of hate hatred from from this teacher? This specific teacher. Well, when I when the post went viral, this is one shocking thing that I cannot get out of my head. The of course, there's people that came out right, like uh, some people that said, "Oh, he used to be racist to us and all that," and they were the seniors I was close to. So I spent years with the seniors. I had lunch with them. I had dinner with them. I studied until night in school with them. In my free time, I went over to their office. And they were discriminated by the same person. And we both were suffering on our own ends. And we never could talk about it. Like, that's just so heart-wrenching when I saw. Oh, and it's not one senior. The two seniors that I was close to was also discriminated by him. And they sounded very casual. They're like, oh, yeah, we also cannot by him, right? Like, it made me sad. Like, why did they make it so normal? And then we all yeah. know, because like, as minorities, we always have to bite back our tongue, especially because my course had very minimal malaise. So like, if you had to do anything, you won't have a lot of people backing you up, you know? And like the culture of like, don't make trouble, don't make trouble, right? Like, it was already on us because we're minorities, but it's doubled because we're students. And it's tripled because you have something to lose, you know, like my scholarship or your grades. Like, all of this is, like, stacked up on top of us. And it's just, oh, my God, never again. And then there's another prominent uh, comment that I pinned out was that my other friend, also my close friend that I never knew, that he did this whole thing, but Christianity version. He, he hated on Christianity. <laughs> In a different class, that's not mine. In a different group of students. And oh my god, he is well read. Like he made the time and effort, y'all. Like he had time. <laughs> it's sad, but so funny. <laughs> Calm down. It's like that's his hobby. Like that's what he does in his free time. Yeah, maybe apparently so. Like some of my friends actually texted me like back then, if like during recess and we're sitting at our tables eating, right? He will come up to the students and talk to them about religion during lunch break. Like I guess it's his passion, maybe you know, like he likes talking about these things. But why would you de- debate with like teenagers? Like, <laughs> which was why I said maybe his colleagues were there and listen, you know, but nothing, still nothing. Oh god, yeah, that's the, that's the two. That's the two most prominent that I can recount. Yeah. I'm hearing that people in power or like positions of authority are built to protect the the privileged or the majority. And and a lot of times experiences, lived experiences of the minorities get like swept under the carpet. Or, or there's just no avenue to really just um take action mm-hmm. and, and make a change where it matters. Because it it's like so normalized, right? Like like you mm-hmm. said. Like, it happens that like you, you're just supposed to forget about it. Yeah, that's true. You have to forget about it. Because I've had... Okay, so there's recounts of, like, people from other schools in different generations all telling, DMing me, right? So, like, out of, like, maybe 200, 300 DMs that I got overnight, right? I prioritized the ones that came out with their story. 
because I felt like that's the purpose of me making it viral, right? And like one of it, like my own cousin, like brought up that when he faced something like that back then in like primary secondary school, it, like his mom, my aunt, went to school and to like pick a fight to like fight about it, right? In the end, nothing happened. The teacher still continued teaching. He still had to go to school. Nothing happened. And that was like, what, like 10, 20 years ago? Like, imagine how sad that is, you know? And then now it's brought up now. And even now with social media, with like the right people talking, it's still digressing. So we have a long way to go, guys. And it's not just one school. It's, apparently this school blew up. But you know it's not just this school. It's not just education, in fact, right? Yeah. It could even be organizations. It could be everywhere. So, like, this is such a crucial time for us to talk about it, you know? It's not like racism happened yesterday. It's always been here, just that now it's out in the spotlight. Yeah, that's what I feel. Yeah. Yeah, you're so right about that. I mean, you know, what is even more surprising to me is that no action has been taken even after you reported it to the school, like, the first time, right? Yeah, so that's the other thing that, like, I feel that they have to tread very light. Also because you know this thing will blow over. Like right now, maybe all the media attention is on me. But you know something big is going to happen in like a week and then everything, everyone will go to them instead. So like I'm, I'm guessing, this is my perspective, I feel like they're waiting for things to calm down. Then they can move on. Like, okay, anyways. Yeah, because yeah. like the investigation, when I was in Nian for like hours, right? Oh God, I have to share this, guys. I was in Nian for hours. Again, we talked so much and I was I was blatantly honest with them I said like I want to help the school be better and I have opinions I have perspectives I have things that I can do to help you right we talked for hours yeah. and then they took the minutes of course and then when the minutes came back to me like a lot of important things that I wanted them to listen and hear wasn't the minutes which was really heart-wrenching for me, you know? Like, if you locked me in a room for hours to hear my thoughts and say, like, we're here for the students and we want to be here for you. And then when you look at their minutes, like, it doesn't reflect what you said you were going to do yesterday. And then on top of that, the way they phrased my words was really twisted. I didn't appreciate it. So I was honest to them. I was like, I don't, I don't like how you understood me. I don't like what this is. So I spent the whole day, like, editing the minutes. Like, when they sent it to me, I edited. I was like, this is not... Yeah, also because because I had to give a police statement, right? And also in the police, you have to be honest and truth. You know, in the police station, they won't let you say things that you doubt. You can only say what you're sure of. So I have a sure fire report to the police. They even gave me a hard copy, printed, signed. And then imagine if like Nian like twisted my words like that. And then like what? And then it's not consistent. And then people will start thinking like, oh, Nuru is inconsistent in her story. And then it becomes a whole, now the, the attention is digressed to like, oh, Nuru. Like, Bring back the attention, guys. Bring back to the story, right? Yeah. Like, this is what I kept saying. I kept repeating. Yeah. Even my Instagram, I said, this is not a noodle versus institution or like Malay versus Chinese or minority versus majority. This is yeah. everyone versus racism, guys. Bring it back. Yeah. yeah. That's why I really hope people bring it back to like, what's more important, guys? Let's not digress for the, inten- for the attention. Let's not digress for like who's right or who's wrong. Like, I really hope people understand that. Yeah, and that's so important to say. And, and, you know, thank you for bringing that up because, I, I mean, they literally just edited out your words yeah. that they asked you to go down there to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and the questions were very narrow. I felt, I felt like they, they were really trying to, like, make me say the things they want me to say. Like, they, uh, yeah, they yeah. wanted to hear certain things. So when they asked me questions, 
like it will corner me to say what they wanted to hear and like a good thing like my friends warned me they were like no be careful we know how they are they've had to deal with the school back then when we were still like uh, in as a students right and they gave me so much advice so i was careful like i knew i had like held back a bit so it was it was good so thankfully i was protected like people gave me advice yeah I I really just don't understand why a lot of effort is being put into protecting the people who are, or the system that is like perpetuating racism, perpetuating prejudice. It literally benefits no one. Exactly. Like if you delay firing him or you try to like twist the story to keep the school image, the children, do we not think about the students? Let's look back at that. Yeah. yeah. So you're right. They always like, yeah. you're protecting the wrong thing. And I, oh my God, I don't know if this is like, am I wrong to say it? But I said blatantly, like, I'd rather go to a school who admitted they messed up and apologized and said they'll try harder compared to all other schools who try to cover their tracks and pretend like there's no problem here. Like, I would rather yeah. go to the first school. And, like, for some reason, that didn't go through them. It did, they couldn't accept that, like, they, they could be that. Like, I don't know what they had to lose to, like, admit. Because we all love honesty, you know? Like, like I just yeah. feel like I need honesty at this point. Like, I'm going to work with you guys. I want things to be better for everyone. But now you're hiding things from me and I have to hide things from you. And, like, where is that? Where does this all go? So that's the frustrating thing. Yeah. yeah. Like, where's the open conversation? You know, we need that. Yeah, like right now, having with you, I could say what I want and you could listen yeah. and then we could both think about it. Like, that's healthy. That that proceeds to something, yeah. right? But, oh, yeah. with these grown-ups, it's a whole new story. <laughs> with this, a whole new story, yeah. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it's, it's very funny, like, to me because in Singapore or in an Asian culture in general, right, there is this culture of avoidance um, when it comes to speaking about social issues like racism, like Islamophobia. Mm. It's like a lot of people are saying that the people who bring it up or who want to talk about it are mm. the ones who are creating unnecessary tension, or so, mm. or so to speak. Mm. And, and it just feels like we're all just maintaining a state of negative peace, mm. which negative. in Singapore is necessary. Like, because... Mm. Everyone is living in such close quarters, right? Like, it's because of proximity. Mm. That's true. If things broke out, you could just go right next door. It's like 10 steps away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you could just go downstairs. The whole block is like 10 different races. You can fight everyone up and yeah. down. That's why it's like so fragile. Exactly, yeah. yeah you're very you're very right about that. Yeah, you're so right. And you know, when, when that video went viral, right? Like, of the... Of, knowing that that was your teacher, um, what was your reaction? Like, were you like, was it a surprising reaction or was it like kind of expected? Oh, it's half and half. Because when his identity was revealed, right, my friends sent me the links. They're like, that's him. Do you remember him from that year? He did that, remember? And I was like, trying to, you know, remember all the times I was discriminated. I was like, which which one was <laughs> which? Oh, then was, oh, that, that one. Okay, okay, that, that you know, okay. Because there were so many instances. And then they were like, oh, we're going to help you, man. We're gonna, you got to bring him down. And I was like, it's so long ago and I don't want to make trouble. I was still like scared. I was still like holding back. Like, already, I was raised like that. Don't make trouble. Don't step on people's foot. And then my friends really like, the same guy, the, the guy that stepped out of the class, he was the one who texted me. He's like, no, we're going to bring him down. And I was like, I need help. Because it was years ago and I can't make a case without evidence. And the entire two days, 
like from him being revealed to the day I posted, my friends like couldn't sleep till like 4am. They were like trying to find evidence, going through um their WhatsApp groups, trying to go through their galleries. They they were some in NS, some were working. Then they were they went home, looked through their old hard drives. They really, really worked hard trying to like help me make up the case. And like, you know, like we couldn't find videos of him teaching class. We couldn't find pictures. And we were really like a bit held back. Like, should, should I proceed with this? Because we don't have substantial evidence. But because on Twitter, people were already coming out. They were like both tweeting the Today articles and they're like, oh, he was my teacher and he was racist to me too. And I saw these tweets and I was like, no, I cannot like hold back. Like this has to proceed and then I'll have to wait for like hopefully people will believe in me. And then it blew up crazy, crazy, crazy high. And that's when I knew like I was doing like the right thing. And like I was, I was really proud that like I went ahead with it. You know, you don't need a hundred percent courage to stuff. You just need like fifty percent, and then you just close your eyes and jump. Like you have to go for it. Yeah. If I really overthink it, I probably wouldn't proceed with the post. Yeah. yeah. That there may be so many people in offices, in you know their workplace or their like in organizations who have been discriminated, maybe even with by their friends. Who, who have had to like bottle that down mm. and and a lot of them are, are minorities mm. you know and it's really um it's really just very very sad and it's also just like there needs to be more power there yeah mm. yeah there needs to be more people in power that are making yeah. the change like it's always in my perspective and the people I talk to it's always like us who have no power trying to make noise so the people in power do yeah. things and then the people in power are like okay nothing's wrong it's okay quiet down guys quiet yeah. down in the end and then we have to redo that again make noise again make noise again like it, it will never end we need the start to start from the yeah. higher-ups like can we start there there'll be more impact there yeah yeah and <sighs> you know if the people in power are not taking action then how can we like stand behind them Exactly. And how can we... Oh my god. Okay, I just want to share about the aftermath mm. of this thing. I've never tried it yet, so this is like a first exclusive. <laughs> you tried it here, guys. It's exclusive. <laughs> the amount of gaslighting is amazing. The amount of people that made me like doubt myself and like scolded me. Like, how can you do that? He was your teacher. Or like, Nurul, if you openly do this, like no one's going to hire you. Like, oh, Nurul, if you do this, like people won't believe in you anymore. Like, there's this like, negative comments here and there amidst like thousands of good comments. But like, I'm only human. So the negativity tends to like strike up to me because like I'm a graduating uni student. So when you use things like no one's going to hire you, right? It really strikes me like, oh my God. Like, oh, I can't get a job. Then it, then my friends assured me, they're like, if a company is scared to hire you because you call out on racism, then they have their own prejudices yeah. they don't yeah, want to preach, girl. And if, if, you're not, if you're not a racist company, why are you scared that I'll yeah, be exactly. there? There's nothing to yeah. call out. Right? This company is not racist. Why are you scared? Oh, God. And then my friends have to like constantly give me assurance because also of people who twist my words, they make me doubt like the story in itself. Because as you can see, it was an Insta story. And it was like the chat, right? So there was no video of him actually doing it. So people were like, maybe you remember wrongly. Maybe it's not as bad, you know? And then I was like, is it, am I like making a big deal out of it? Was it wrong for me to like come out and share? And these doubts, right? It weighs on me so, so much. And like, I haven't met a counselor in like years. I've been stable. 
But in these two days, the amount of mental pressure and doubt I felt, like immediately this morning, I had to go to a counsellor and fix my head because it just wasn't stable. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't eat. And then like, like on top of that, I had like a lot of like people coming out to me, right? And then I had to read their sad stories and I had to like word for word, read it and give them support because I know that they were inspired by me to come out. And the fact that they DM me means they specifically like wanted to like come to me and see it, right? So I had to handle that as well. And then the media after media after media coming. So for the media, it was pretty easy. I just told them like, if it's not in my post, I'm not going to add on to the story. It's just that. Yeah. So, but they still wanted education. They wanted to know like a little bit more details. And it was just, oh my God. The... And I had some advice from seniors who were in the same position, who had to like get this involved for calling out their seniors or their, or their bosses. They said that it's normal. Like you have to be someone that stands up for others, this is the price you have to pay. Getting gaslighted, being doubted, having people threaten you, feeling unsafe, being mentally drained. This is the price you have to pay if you decide to stand up for other people. So then that's that's when I was like, oh like that's it. Then now you see like it makes me doubt myself and it's so not healthy. I have good thing I have friends who like help me and they're like, Nuru, shut up. You did right. Can you stop it? Like you did right, you're gonna be okay. And like, imagine having tens and thousands of people like supporting me, right? And I still feel like, oh shit, maybe I shouldn't have posted. Like that's one level, like a level of toxicity that the grown-ups have like implanted in me, right? And doubts that have implanted in me. Like, oof, it's amazing. That's why I was like, today when I went on to the call, I was, I looked at my face in the camera. I was like, what is that? Why do I look so tired? <laughs> God. so sorry there's no makeup I was like oh my god I don't usually look <laughs> like okay. this but this past week oh god it's crazy so yeah, I wanted to share to your listeners as well like whatever you do have consequences but if you are able to fight through these consequences because you believe in something so much like you're an amazing and strong person and like it's okay it's okay to be a little bit scared you will have people with you you will have people who believe in the things as you because nobody in the right mind would support this discrimination like that's a blatant no-no in like human nature so don't like don't doubt yourself after that it's okay to fall back but always reassure yourself you're doing the right thing you're fighting for the right thing and because of like me bringing out people were able to be inspired and come out as well so like goodness times evil all the time yeah but now i'm still trying to recuperate from all the mental doubt and all the like the gaslighting it's i'm still in the process of trying to heal from it but I don't doubt I'll be okay in the end. I have good people like you who are here. You know, I have like good people around me who will give me assurance. So like, thankfully, I'm okay now. Just slowly. I'm really sorry to, to hear that you're you're seeing comments like that because it's it's so unnecessary, especially from people who who have not experienced what you've experienced. I just I really appreciate everything that you've done. You know, it's just like the the people who will comment like victim blaming things will always exist and and it makes me sad actually that if we are standing up for other people or like doing the right thing that that carries more consequences than people who are who have done something wrong but can have systems and institutions protecting them exactly yeah it's a world it's yeah. like it's the world of evil like protect the yeah. evil <laughs> I exactly. felt yeah. like the world is designed that way you know like protect the perpetrators and then people like us yeah. get punished for doing the right thing. And they're like, well, ah? Like, it doesn't, and it's a fine you because look, like the situation now is that I have like, okay, when I posted the thing, my Instagram had like maybe like 600, 700 photos. 
But that thing garnered like 30,000 likes. So I have so many people behind me, yet I'm not as protected as him. Which doesn't make sense. Like, if I'm going to get this many people support me, why is he more protected than me? Like, what is the institution yeah. doing? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, and also, I mean, it's just also the avenues of support available to people who, you know, have faced discrimination or prejudice or who want to come out and speak about their, their mm. experience. Right. Mm. I mean, it's it's not only limited, but it's like, it's, it's not as... Um, it doesn't create as much of an impact as a, an institution protecting a perpetrator. Mm, that is true, yes, because they're the, they're the big guys, you know. They have they yeah. do one thing it's more powerful than me posting a post trying to share it left and right. Like, they, they can do this and things happen. Like, why, yeah. <laughs> why am I the one? <laughs> like, you know, uh, yeah. when they ask for more evidence, like a video and such, right? Like, I really felt like they were digressing because they don't want to like show that they're not doing enough. Like if yeah. Nurul's there, Nurul do the job. Nurul find the stuff. Nurul ask your friends. Nurul ask people to come out. And like what me? Like your institution protected him and others. You know, if so many students are coming out about him and about other teachers in other faculties under your institution, then I'm not the one who should be doing work. <laughs> I'm not the yeah. one who has to go through the effort. But in the end, yeah, reality is like that law. That's what yeah, I mean, we just have to keep fighting it and, and going forward, you know. Yeah, we have yeah. to keep fighting. We have to, like, this... I always tell my friends, like, this kind of uncomfortable conversations, a piece of me knows that, like, maybe in a week when this thing dies down, another big yeah. thing will happen and we'll have to have this conversation again. And again. Yeah. And again. When in the end, from the start, we all know we should have straight away gone to the big guns. You know? Yeah. Like, us minorities, us smaller, powerless people so much over and over and over again when from the start we all know the solution which is the painful thing right now like we're all just screaming at the institutions like you guys are the one with power like you can stop this right now you could do this and things would stop but you had to make us smaller people go through so much over so that's the that's like it gets me boiling right now yeah yeah I, I mean we really need to like sit down with all the institutions all the like the big guns, the, you know, the people in power and have conversations about how they may even just inadvertently be like supporting systems of oppression mm. just because it's normal or just because it's like, it's just not changed. It's just, just how, how things are. Or that's because it's tradition, you know. Yes, I understand. Like I, when they say like they are trying to protect the institution's image, right? That is synonymous to them protecting the perpetrators. But they exactly, don't see yeah. it that way. They just say, like, we just need to take care of our image. You know, we have so much people relying on us, so much investors, all that. But I'm like, yeah, but you protecting your image means you're protecting him, which is why it's so important yeah. to just say, we're sorry, we will try again. Like, it's okay, guys. Like, this yeah. generation is way more open to that. Like, we're not, like, last time, who, like, you, your business needs to have a clean image before we invest. Like, mm. Yeah, we need honesty, we need sincerity and compassion at this time of age. Like, we're all so sensitive. COVID made us all more sensitive, you know, like that, that, that Chinese lady with the gong thing. Like, like he was real. <laughs> we are all at our, on our edge, so it's okay. We just need a little bit more humanity, you know. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, accountability <laughs> is always a good thing, right? Right. Like, we, we understand. Like, maybe to them, it's hard for them to understand. Maybe, like, you know, different generations and, like, the people who who were in the room with me, 
that day, I could say would probably be like double my age. Like it's a whole new generation. And I, I am guessing from my perspective, usually people in power are double our ages. Different generation, different mindset. So I understand. I understand that you are from a different mindset. But we all understand that growth and learning is still possible even when you're like super old. Like guys, it's all about having an open heart and wanting change. If your if your intention is to bring change and improvement, then you can you will continue learning, no doubt. So Yeah. Absolutely. You're you're absolutely right about that. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean yeah, I mean, if we continue using words like tradition and culture to protect what is, like, keeping up a system of oppression, then no change is going to happen. Like, mm-hmm. we need to, like, have these conversations, no matter how uncomfortable it is. Like, mm-hmm. take accountability and, like, just get down to, to doing the work. Mm, yes, like, just get down. We are all ready. Like, the fact that so much public sentiments, like, are supporting people who come out right like if you say you want to take care of your image your image is already ruined at this point because so many people support the ones who discriminated like there's nothing to protect like even if you try to do like uh give politically correct answers give a nice sweet statement right it's too late (laughs) yeah no amount of politically correct statements is gonna save your image because the public knows about this already Oh, yeah, that's that's what I just want to scream at them. Like, we know. <laughs> no, don't try to clean up your image. There's nothing to clean up. It's in shreds already. It's just better to move forward with it and just apologize. It's not that hard. <laughs> Maybe to me. Yeah. La. yeah, to me, I feel like it's not that hard. Maybe to them, it's not that stick. So I just hope like they can explain. It. I just hope that now that I'm inside with them, I hope that they'll just be honest with me. Like, what is at stake? You apologize. Like, what is at stake if you take accountability? Like, I want to know. But they're just holding back. You know, it's they're making it like a noodle versus them thing. It's not. I am here. I'm honest. I opened up. I was even honest to them about feeling that I was being gaslighted. Like, I said straight up to them, like, the way you're doing this makes me feel like you're coercing me to, like, stop it. Like, I was very blatant with them because I want things to work and I need honesty. And they still gave me politically correct answers and replies. And like, I know it's just one side being honest, things won't work. You need two hands to clap. So it was, uh, it's so tiring at this point. I mean, that sounds extremely exhausting. And I'm just like listening to you experience (laughs) it. I just can't like, how can you deal, like cope with that? Because I mean, it's like you're you're doing all the, the, you're giving your input. You're you're like, okay, I'm, you're, you're ready to, to get started. You're ready to work on things. Mm. And then the other one, the other side is just like, Going with the flow, just yeah, like, like sweeping everything away, yeah. Yeah, they're like, okay, noted. Okay, anyways, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, come on. And then, like, some of the suggestions they brought up was that I could come back to school and give a talk to their children. And, like, I said, I don't want that. I don't want to give a one-off talk to your students. I want to be involved in the policies that you make. Like, I am here. Yeah, yeah. and, like, I think they were also a bit stunned, maybe, by the le- my level of honesty. You know, I guess, like, maybe... In like when the adults give me advice, right? They are always saying like, "Play your cards well, like hide this, but tell that phrase this, but don't say that." Right? Like that's what the like the older my older students would tell me. But my seniors who are like my age, near my age, like one year older or so, they always just say like, "No, no, if you are right, you don't have to be scared. Just go ahead with what you say." Yeah. That's when I realized that's like the generational um gap, you know, their way of handling things when it comes to business and stuff our generation's way of just like being honest and open and it just clashes you know they're like so stunned especially when I told them directly I felt like I was being gaslighted and I don't appreciate the way they face my words 
Like, I don't think they were prepared to have, like, a 20-year-old call them out on that. I don't think they were prepared. <laughs> <laughs> they were... They were like they they were typing and they were typing for so long, but they weren't standing. Mess. I was like they were probably like thinking like, oh, we can't play with her, guys. It's over. Like, oh my god, Gen Zs, it's over. We can't fight them anymore. <laughs> they were probably scared. Yeah, but I don't regret being honest with them because like someone's gonna show them like we're not the same traditional people who would like you scare us a bit and we hide. Like we're not that anymore. This is a new generation. Yeah, yeah, and it's very hard to like divorce racism and culture and tradition and like a, a generational mindset from the conversation right because a lot of it is embedded into our ways of thinking mm, that's true. like that's how we yeah it's hard to to say that oh this may it, it, you can't say that this is a one-off incident because there's a lot mm. of the racism has been going around for for many years mm. right it's just how it's being framed how it's being um taken like action mm, that's true yeah but yeah. also like you know when i came out right my parents were like really worried for me they're like if like you want to you we don't have money to get a lawyer like uh, pipe down now it's okay like just forgive and like i i argued back i was like how much longer how much how many more generations have to bite down their tongue like i, I straight up like argued and then they understood me they loved me and they wanted me to be okay you know, like when my parents told me to back down, they weren't saying like, just support racism lah, it's okay. No, they were saying like, can you not make trouble so you don't get hurt? Because for generations, anybody that did make trouble did get hurt. And if you've been conditioned for generations, yeah. you will, it's hard to like go back from So this is in the, in the minority's mindset. So imagine in the majority's mindset, if you've done decades of discrimination and you were unscathed, so you will not be scared anymore to continue discriminating. And then one day, yep, one yep. day the minority said, like, we've had enough, we're going to fight. And you're like, this is rude of you. Like, this is so unsafe. Yeah. Like, ah, <laughs> what? Yeah. yeah. Because, I mean, at that point, it's already become a habit, yeah. right? It's already been normalized. Yeah. It doesn't, like, in the minds of the prejudiced, um, cl- like, click that it's, like, it's racism. Mm. It's discrimination. It's just normal. It's now. normal, yeah. They, 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 nobody labeled, like, you know this is racist, right? Like, nobody called it. And then, like, when they're, like, what, at, at the age yeah. of, like, 40, 50, 60, someone said, oh, by the way, that's racist. They're like, no, I've been doing it for, for decades. No one said anything. Your minorities didn't say anything. So why would suddenly now you say it's racist? And they're, like, stuck. You know, they cannot connect yeah. it. Which is weird because um, the person, my teacher, right, he's well-read, he's educated, and he still couldn't click that it was racist. Like, where did it go wrong, guys? How did it happen? Like, in your brain, how did the things connect except this one portion, you know? <laughs> the knowledge and of you being able to be a teacher. And then this small thing about, like, how to define if something is racist, it didn't connect with the rest of his knowledge. And I was like, yeah. please explain, guys, what went wrong? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and also like just the fact that he felt it necessary to go up, literally go up to the the couple and like make his comments. Like he felt compelled to do that. Like it was a calling for him to do it. I mean, (laughs) like they were just minding their own business and he felt like it necessary to just go up to them. Mm, Yeah, oh my God. I have like this theory. Also, this is Nuru's words. Nobody quote me again. So this is... What I theorized yeah. <laughs> because remember, like I said just now, the Chinese lady with the the gong, right? And like how uh, COVID yeah. have people on our edges because we're at home and we're irritated all the time. What if like 
so yeah. used to being racist. And then because of COVID, he's at home all the time. So he's like, ah, oh, I haven't been racist for quite a while. And then he went out to the street. I mean, like, I gotta be racist. Oh, you, <laughs> like, come here. <laughs> so, but yeah, but it's just a joke. Nobody, please, nobody sue me. That's just like what we theorize. Because nobody knows. Like, some people even say when they watch the video, he doesn't look okay. Like, he doesn't look, like, mentally sound. I can't quote him. I haven't texted or talked to him the entire time this thing blew up. So I can't say for him, but people are just making jokes out of it. You know, people are just making fun out of it. We really want to understand. If we can understand what goes inside a racist person's mind, maybe we can start somewhere. Nothing. Nobody can explain it till now. So, oh, God. It's a whole thing. Yeah. It's so exhausting. I mean, I, I'm just exhausted already. Like, with the fact that he he even felt it necessary to to say what he said. Right. Like, it has to be so tiring, right, to have this sort of mindset and, and to have the motivation to to want to discriminate other people. Like, it must be so exhausting. Right. Is it, is it not exhausting for him? <laughs> like, you have to argue. That's number yeah. one. You have to argue. And then, like, when he came to my class, he had to do the research and bring it up and put it on a projector. So much yeah, effort. Yeah. So much effort. Come on, man. Why? <sighs> and what does he expect that that would be said or, like, that would be, would be done after he has said what he said? Like, or they will, like, change the colour of their skin. Uh, or they'll break up. Sorry, I'm Indian yeah. and we're Chinese. We cannot. We cannot. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? Was, was I going to convert out yeah. of Islam after his hate speech? Like, what do you think? Was yeah. <laughs> yeah, what? <laughs> <laughs> what was the objective, sir? Sir, what yeah. was the reason, sir? <laughs> oh, I understand. I totally get it. Oh, God, we are vibing. <laughs> yeah, I mean... <laughs> I just like I need I need some context. <laughs> yeah, you need context. You need we want to understand. Like if a racist person wants yeah. to come to me and explain why he's racist, I am all ears. Like please tell me. Please tell me why. Where does this come from? And how do we stop it? We yeah. want to know. All of us wants to know. Please come on this podcast <laughs> and share. We want to know. Oh god. <laughs> 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 my goodness this has been such a, a good chat but I mean as a young Singaporean woman like what is your hope you know for, for this country following this incident because I mean how I see it is like every month or so there will be some issue that comes out where racism is like in the spotlight and then you give it a week or two and then suddenly it becomes passe and then another news comes up to like take over mm. You know, like, yes. it just happens like, every month. Mm, it will continue even like before I even posted, right? I told my friends, yeah. we'll have like six day period to make change and then it will die because something's going to happen. Yeah. Someone more racist will come out or something or like maybe a COVID update will happen. This story will die. Yeah. We have around six days. And that's what the institution is trying to do, wait for the six days, I guess. Six days is just like a key. Yeah. And then my biggest yeah. hope, I told my friends, like, if in these six days, we can get people triggered to think, that's more than enough for me. I won't go all the way and be like, I hope we'll fire it and like bring people down. I hope people will go and email the police or email the institution. Like That's too far-fetched because this story won't last long. That's reality, guys. When something bad happens in Singapore, the fame comes as soon as it leaves. So while it's there, I want to trigger people to like start thinking. 
Like, I don't need them to go through big actions. If you just start thinking and start recognizing, like, something's wrong with your view of the world, something's wrong with what you perceive yeah. Singapore as, that is way more than enough for me. And have conversations. Have this kind of, like, uncomfortable situations. Share. Yeah. Like for, yeah. like, for example, like I said just now, I, in, like when they said, oh, the racist lecturer, I had to think for a while which racist lecturer. And that's a bad sign because I've normalized yeah. it so much. So if in the view of the majority, I want them to like, you know, check their privilege, check what they've been doing, what they've been thinking. And for the minority, check your experiences and talk about it. Yeah, these are like little small things. But if you get like a thousand, maybe like a few thousand people do it, it's going to make a huge change. Yeah, like I brought up one story and it made this change. Imagine having thousands of voices like telling like, I don't know, the government or these institutions like we've been discriminated. It will scare them. Like no matter how big an institution is, they are built on the people. And if the people don't support them anymore, they are literally nothing. Yeah, so yeah. yeah my yeah. biggest hope is for people to start thinking and start assessing this thing. It all starts from you guys. It's, just, it's a small thing. Trust me, it's a small thing, but it's really big impact if a lot of people do it. Yeah, that's my hope. Oh. That's such a powerful like hope. And I, I feel like it's really actually doable. You know, there are so many mm. things that we can do. Um, ask your school, ask your institution, ask your organization, your office, ask um if there are anti-discriminatory uh policies. Uh ask mm. your HR if there's anything um that you can do to support systems of um I mean, uh, avenues of support of uh, counselling for those who have been discriminated or, or those who mm. face prejudice. You know, bring it up. Mm. Start the, get the ball rolling into these conversations. And then, you know, we can all collectively in our own small way, create a bigger impact. Yes, exactly. Like you, one person, the little thing, ask, 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 ask. And they will be present. Like people keep asking. We keep getting emails. Like, yeah, do it Do it yeah. in your own time. Like if you're uncomfortable and you feel like you get triggered if you bring up your old stories, then take a take a breather because there's others also trying and there's others also asking. So yes, like exactly what Victoria said, just keep on bringing it up. It will make noise. It will put some kind of pressure. It will, yeah. Even I feel like this story, this story blowing up, is because there's like a month worth of like racism in Singapore pressure, that, yeah. That helped my story, you know, blow up. So like right now, even if you think like you ask and they don't reply and there's no nothing done, but I promise you, there's been a little bit of pressure put on them, and that pressure one day will contribute to like very big changes in society. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. <laughs> we need to like pin that up on a poster. <laughs> Everyone start asking everyone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, just before we go, right, like, do you have any words of comfort or advice for other people who may be facing racism or Islamophobia or any kind of discrimination uh, right now? <clears throat> okay. I can say this is what I really want to tell myself when I was younger and everyone, whether you're majority or minority, the biggest lie you can ever believe is that you are alone. Like, I married thought that he was alone, you know, when he became an ally and left. I thought I was alone when I was discriminated. Years later, turns out we weren't. You know, when you feel like you are alone, you're too scared to stand up for someone, you're too scared to tell your story, that's not a lie. I promise you it's a lie. You are never alone. I mean, sadly, even if you're a racist, you're not alone. There's other racists. <laughs> even yeah. yeah, you're never alone. 
even if like there's the illusion of like nobody showing up be there for you right like you're not alone i promise promise you that like if you're scared and i always tell myself this when i'm scared i am alone now i feel alone but once i do this thing people will reach out and i will meet people who are on the same wavelength as me yeah so that's the biggest lie you can tell yourself you're alone you are never alone it's just a matter of time before you find people like who are on the same length. Like me and Victoria, we started chatting like what a few days ago, right? And we are vibing yeah. so hard. Like we are totally yeah. like, right. Exactly. And like maybe back then I didn't know Victoria, but now I know that yeah. she's here. And I was hoping to meet someone like her and she is here. Yeah, so we are not alone, guys. Yeah. <laughs> We're never alone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> So, I mean, thank you so much, Nuru, for, for coming on this show. Um, mm. Yeah, we really appreciate uh, everything that you've done. I appreciate it so much. There are so many other people out there who appreciate it as well. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, you know, you are doing a, you're doing the right thing. You're doing a really good thing. And, you know, it's it's just so important. Uh, thank uh, you so much. Done. <laughs> All right, where can our listeners find you? Okay, you can hit me on Instagram because I am mostly on Instagram. So it's underscore N E W underscore R U L E underscore. So my name is Nurul and my Instagram is Nurul. <laughs> so yeah, underscore, underscore, underscore. There's three underscores, okay, guys? Front, center, back. Okay, Nurul. Yes, that's my Instagram. my dears thank you so much for listening to this episode of the truly other podcast this has been such a special and important episode and we really hope that you found some value out of it feel free to share your thoughts and takeaways with us on instagram at the truly other check out the links in the description to connect with Nuro. We've also included in the description links to really helpful resources and organizations for you to reach out to if you want to learn more about being anti-racist, about being an ally, and avenues to call out racism. Thank you once again for listening, and I'll see you at the next show.